horror fan, best friends in Ghoulish Nights, and welcome to the 23rd episode of Murders with Mertens. I am your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror, dark fantasy, Mike Flanagan, Stephen King adaptations, heavy blue-green color palettes, amazing monologues about death and the afterlife, scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with the guests and discuss one of their favorite scary films so that we can gush about everything that makes it just so damned cool. Viewers, thank you for the support. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. It all helps to get the word out and bring some much-needed love to this fledgling podcast. Roughly 30 subs left until I can get that custom URL at the moment. That is the only goal that I have for this thing. So help, please. But enough of all that nonsense. Tonight, I have the honor of welcoming one Prince Jackson to talk about the spoops. Prince, how the hell are you? Oh, shit. We did it. Yeah, we, we did. finally did it. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I am good. I am very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I know this has been a long time coming when I first heard of your show and you wanted me on the show and, and the stars weren't quite aligning properly, but they have finally aligned and I'm feeling amazing. Good, 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 good. Uh, as we are recording this, it's just a few days before your birthday. And by the time this does come That's out, right. it will be after your birthday. So happy birthday. <laughs> uh, Cheers. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> ah, exciting stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, Prince, it's been just over three years since uh, <laughs> September of 2019 when oh, you put the call out on the internet Hey, who likes horror movies? I've got something cooking. <laughs> and um, I mean, God, it's been that long. Yeah. Wow. And uh, since then, we got to run down the list here uh, just to embarrass <laughs> you slightly, but also just talk <laughs> up the amazing accomplishments here. Uh, first off, you've recently celebrated three years of Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. And that's Night that's with true. a What? That's night with a kid. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and uh, you've all been a part of the Bloody Disgusting Network for about a year and a half now. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, almost two years. Almost two years. Oh, yeah. my God. And uh, Just you taught seminars it. on horror. You're appearing in a documentary on mental health <laughs> and horror. Uh, you're oh, involved man. in the upcoming Dead Space remake. Uh, you've been yes. writing screenplays. And let's not forget... <laughs> Let's not forget that you managed to produce an absolutely adorable child while you're at all. This. <laughs> that so, is also true. <laughs> you've got an amazing list of accomplishments in three years here, sir. So oh, man, yeah, you know, it's been a wild three years. Yeah. So congratulations. Uh, it's, it's been something, man, but I, I gotta say, you've been a major inspiration for me. Uh, finally kicking my ass to do something fun. Uh, something creative and uh yeah yeah i i I definitely appreciate what you freddie and dave uh david have uh accomplished over there with nightlight so yeah thank you thanks for the inspo for sure no Um, seriously thank you for being a fan for for uh, the show for uh, since the beginning you know like we we don't i don't know too many that i can say that like you were there like before it was day one kind of thing like it was just it was just a thought process i, I knew I it was cool that, before you know? it was cool um <laughs> yeah yeah well but no i love what you're doing too i mean the, the well, shit you got going on over here for murderous mertens i i am a huge fan of this show i think <laughs> it's a great show a lot of fun something i i always put on um, actually while I'm working quite often. Oh. So I, I very much enjoy this show. Well, thank you for that. Uh, much appreciated. 
Uh, I, I don't want to waste too much more time because there is some uh, major media podcasting <laughs> to get into here. Uh, Very true. Very tonight's true. topic is 2019's Dr. Sleep, written and directed by Mike Flanagan and based on the 2013 novel by Stephen King. Prince, um, what, what's your history with this little film here? <laughs> Man, this little ditty. Uh, you know, it is very vast. Uh, th this is a film that is, some would say, some, just a few, just a slight hand, would say that this might be one of my favorite films ever. <laughs> um, I've seen this movie countless times. I've seen it six times in theaters. Um, and the first time I watched it was at a press screening. And this was before I was even a part of like the horror industry. And I just was so happy to get tickets because I really wanted to see this fucking movie. And I saw this movie. Loved it so much. It was coming out that following weekend. So I went that following weekend twice and saw it once by myself. And then I saw it uh, with Freddie the next day after that. I was like, I need to bring him to see this movie. Um, after that, I went the weekend after that. And then I went during the week when I had a day off. And uh, man, Man, I absolute bananas time, but I, I've seen this movie so many times, and that's just theaters. When the director's cut came out, uh, I, you know, I've hit close to 40 plus times oh, with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, 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 I love, 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 love this movie so much, and it, there's only a hand few movies that I've ever done that with to watch it that many times. It's been this, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and uh, I think that might be it. But like <laughs> this movie, I really, really. Oh no, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That's another one as well that I just watched over and over and over also again. Fair. But also fair. this, man, this was just. This movie is like. Oh, it, it's very <laughs> much feel good. For, fucking feel good perfect. horror, for sure. Um, oh my God, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough to uh, uh, see some posting on Twitter or something like that for an advanced screening and uh, get a ticket in uh, a little early by a week or two. Yes. And oh, yeah. Yeah, this was the stuff. <laughs> this was the stuff. Yes. Uh, and Man. Also, the last Mike Flanagan movie that's been in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn you, Netflix, for being so good oh. to him. Um, yes, seriously. <laughs> Not that he hasn't put out some amazing stuff on Netflix. Oh, since. amazing content. I mean, shout out to Midnight Mass there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, one of yes. my favorite miniseries for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, the dude needs to make a feature film at some point. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, w I would love for him to get back into the. In to the theatrical scene for sure. Um, I, I know he wants to. I, I spoke with, when I spoke with Michael on uh, Nightlight, uh, that was something that he mentioned that he really wants to get back into the theatrical scene. Um, and he has a few things cooking up because uh, when he first did The Midnight Club, he actually thought of that as a movie. He didn't even think of it as a show because he was just going to strictly stick with the Midnight Club from Christopher mm -hmm. Pike. Instead, he turned transitioned the Midnight Club and being kind of like an anthology of a lot of different Christopher Pike books. Um, so it, it's it's. I mean, obviously, I can go on and on about Mike Flanagan and his work, but <laughs> let's stick on. Let's stick oh, on. Task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're definitely a couple of Flanistans here. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. And just one final question: Have you gotten that physical copy of Absentia yet? 
I haven't gotten that physical no, copy of Ascension no. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. He, he promised it to me. I got I got his word. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> All right. Just checking. Just checking. But yeah, Dr. Sleep. Um, yeah, I, I, I bought that 4K before I even had anything to play it on. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that director's cut, that, that three hours just flies on by. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully the conversation will as well, because I don't want to keep you forever, but, um, <laughs> let's jump on in. Um, you know, we, we, we start with this old school WB logo and, um, a fun new heartbeat filled take on the shining theme, uh, as I we, it. Oh, it's so good as we, uh, <laughs> zoom from overhead into this RV park. And, uh, I assume this is supposed to be sort of like Rose's, uh, astral projection scenes later in the film, uh, as she's stalking her prey. Uh, but, uh, who's to say, um, yeah, we get Violet from the like hunting of hot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get Violet from the haunting of Hill house, uh, you know, stomping out of her family RV and her little pink chucks and, uh, you know, out of her way, everybody, she's got important flower picking shit to do because it's Florida, <laughs> 1980. And she is, uh, out to go have some fun. Um, finds Rose, uh, the hat down by the water and we get the first little, well, hi there. And Rebecca Ferguson. God damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's uh one of my favorite stephen king horror villains at one at this point i gotta say she um, i yeah i think she's definitely number one for me oh definitely my God. Number one. she kills it in this film absolutely kills destroys it, it in this yes. film uh, god damn yeah yeah so she sort of lures violet on in and uh, I, she offers her this flower and do you find it extra creepy that when Rose offers her the flower, she pulls it closer to herself as the little girl reaches for it. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I I've always found that to be such a very interesting piece on Rose and how she has this flower. And when she brings it in, tasting it, and like in in front of this girl, knowing like, oh, you're not supposed to eat flowers. Like, like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. But this one is special. Yeah, it's the it's special, special ones that taste flower. the best. Um, <laughs> and oh. Prince, you get your glowing eyes. <laughs> oh, I sure do. Oh, and, and oh, boy, yeah. do I. Yeah, boy, do I. I mean, both. You know, I I love my glowing eyes. That you know, that it, it's something about it for me. It's automatically a point. I don't care if the movie's good. I don't care if it's bad. It's automatically one point. Like you automatically get a one just right off the bat from having glowing eyes in your movie. Um, so it is, it is so well done here that the after effects feel so grounded. Like it, it's just, it doesn't look fake. It doesn't look like you're watching a movie and, and this movie is, is showcasing that, that glow. But with this, like it's, it's menacing. Also, it's a color I've never seen before done with the glowing eyes. I mean, we get that very stark white blue mm -hmm. that is technically the same color, the coloring of the movie and the, what the shade is on this whole film is the whole film is blue and it's gloomy and it, it in some ways you know it reminds me of some of my favorite movies like in the mouth of madness and so on and so forth but like you get that stark blue that just evokes coldness and um 
fear. And it, 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 it has this chill that it sends right down your spine and it is just oh man it's immaculate but yes i 100 percent get my guys and i'm very happy about it <laughs> yeah you, you gotta love the typical mike flanagan color palette uh he's all about the oh blue greens and uh loving oh, it oh it shows in this one um yeah so we get the true not swarming in on the little girl and um you know cut to her mom you know trying to find her and the true not you know rolling out because they've got their prey there uh and yeah, then they're done yep yep uh violet I, I have this donezo. question that i that i have to ask as well because you know we see that uh i mean later in the film we get baseball boy yeah. right so with violet do you think they just took violet and killed her on the road or do you think they killed her right then and there and i, I then, think like, they did it on the road i think they stopped somewhere on the road secluded because uh I'd her screams too. would have uh drawn too many people there it, it was yeah. too close to other people so yeah yeah they bagged her and uh went off to an, uh, yet another abandoned lamerica industries uh property uh i agree yeah um, i agree so we shift from here to uh, dreams of the Overlook Hotel because Danny can't shake that place and who'd blame him, right? Um, the recreation of The Shining and uh, all of those sets is just freaking masterful. Oh my uh, From God. the carpet to, you know, yes. just everything. To the sound design. like it, Yeah, just, of the big wheel flawless. rolling from the hardwood to the rugs. Yes. and Yep. Yeah, it's flawless, that's, flawless. That's it, it was perfect. so good. I, I I saw some someone do a side by side comparison on YouTube, and it's just fucking hell. Oh, like, and there's it, so like, many shots really that are just it. one for one with the different camera angles and everything as we uh, get deeper into this film. Uh, yeah, and uh, Danny rolls on by uh, room two three seven in all its glory, and uh, the door slowly opens, and there she is, the lady from the bathtub creeping out of the dark, and that's where Danny snaps awake because that's a good time to do that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's got to pee. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, stumbles on down the hallway towards the bathroom. And just before he gets to the door and I don't know why the bathroom door is closed, you know, but of course it is. And he hears a little splash from inside. <laughs> he reaches out, opens up that door and we get one of many, many bathtubs with shower curtains in this film. Uh, anytime yes, you see a bathtub and a shower curtain, it's drawn shower about halfway. Yep. Genius. Yep. And it might be a reverse shot of it on the other side. Yep. But it's still enough of a nod to this thing. And of course, there she is drawing back the curtain. It's the lady from the bathtub in 237. <laughs> and uh, she steps out and Danny jumps on back. Um, and she slowly rises up and she steps out. And he manages to close the door and gets halfway down the hallway and can hear her and everything and uh, you know unfortunately pisses himself because i mean who can blame him and the knobs scary shit. yeah the knobs creep creaking back and forth there and a hand reaches out and it's wendy and she saves the day thank god uh <laughs> and danny's a fucking wreck at this point thumb sucking and everything and um <laughs> She takes care of him, puts him back to bed, and she goes to check out that bathroom and finds wet footprints on the rug. Oh, 
Mm, yeah, uh, I love how she doesn't really question it though. Like you know, no. I mean, she she. I feel like she knows something's up. Like she knows that her son has this gift, and yeah. you know, he's he's. We didn't mention it yet, but he he's given this uh, since he left the Overlook. He's never he hasn't spoken since, and yeah. uh, that you know it's it's very telling that she knows something is haunting him. But she can't feel like she can help him because he he won't tell her anything. Yeah, he won't she, let her act. She in. makes that comment about how you got to talk to me, you know. Right. But uh, still, no dice. And um, yeah, uh, we transition from the shot of the rug to pilings uh, just off the waterfront, and I, I love how it's all just framed out together. Um, and uh, yeah. It, if we hadn't mentioned it already, this film is just visually stunning as well. Gorgeous. Uh, mm, yeah. And Danny's just having a chat on the bench with the ghost of Dick Halloran. Um, and I gotta say, I've got a huge affinity for Carl Lumblade because of alias. Love him. Um, I love the hell out of him on that show. Um, he was just beyond cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, his version of Dick Halloran is pretty fucking great. I got it. It's say, perfect. Actually, it's like he's not Scatman Crothers, but no, but um, yeah, you you can totally buy him as the character, just like one hundred percent. What's her butt? Who's playing Wendy? There's moments in a bit here where uh, she sounds exactly. She like sounds Shelley exactly Duvall. like Shelley. <laughs> Holy fucking! When hell. she screams, yes. Danny. Yeah. Oh my god! Just yes. like him. Sounds um, just like like Shelly. Oh, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Chills. And, and um, uh, Alex Asso is is her name. Yes. Yeah, she's uh, the lady from uh, House of the Devil, right? Uh, no. Jocelyn Donahue. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of the mom, the, Lucy. The yeah, okay. mom. There yeah. we go. Okay, I'm um, getting the mixed up. Yeah, uh, but Alex Asso is in Starry Eyes, um, okay. and she's also in uh, Midnight Mass as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dick explains that Danny's power was so strong that he made the evil of the hotel real. Um, and then he starts to describe, you know, his experience of dealing with his dead grandfather and his description sounds like something straight out of pet cemetery here. And uh, oh my God, yes. About how he's, you know, stinking of something on his clothes from the box in the ground. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fucking cool. hell. Could you imagine if, if Carl Lumby was fucking Jed? Oh, from... <laughs> oh <laughs> holy yeah. shit, dude. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Herman Munster uh, from uh, the Mary be... Lambert version is just perfect, but <laughs> it is perfect. But like, it, it, you know, and, and granted, this movie was technically already remade back in 2019 and it yeah. wasn't great, but um, or was it 2018? Whatever. Besides the point, it wasn't then, great, yeah. but like it would have been awesome if Carl Lum- Lumbly was uh, Judd. That would have been I, fucking I can great. absolutely see it. Uh, so yeah, it's at this point that Dick teaches Dan how to fight back against, uh, the old ghosts. Uh, yeah, he, I, I also love him calling the bathtub lady an old bitch and, an old uh, bitch. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fuck yeah, Dick. <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, so he teaches him, uh, basically that he's going to, you know, memorize a box and just know it inside and out, know how it smells right. even. And he'll be able to use those in his mind to trap these things and keep them from harming him. 
And mm-hmm. it's at this point where uh, Wendy's looking for Dan and yeah, yeah, she sounds exactly like Shelly Duvall at this point. She's running across the street looking oh. for him. Um, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And, you know, the, the thing about this scene that I also really like as well is something that for folks who have not read the book or who just know uh, this work from The Shining and Kubrick's Shining, not um, uh, uh, McGarris's Shining. Because uh, McGarris's Shining is exactly the book. Yeah. But uh, when you have uh, Kubrick's Shining, obviously he goes he goes a little bit off the uh, off the cuff there and kind of makes his own movie and he just uses Stephen King as like kind of a prop, <laughs> which is holy shit that the the balls of that man. But uh, with this particular thing is that you know Mike Flanagan figured out the perfect way to bring him back while still being so respectful to Kubrick's Shining as mm-hmm. well. Just a most fantastic way of bringing him back. And uh, to, to see Dick hollering back, like when I was the only one in theater who like lost my shit on when I saw him. And like, I'm just like, are, is, like, did y'all even watch The Shining? Like, damn, like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I was just, it, it just, it had me do one of those where I was just like, like it, it, it's, it's Dick hollering. He's fucking back and, and he's living in his kid's mind right now. Like, that's dope as shit. Like, that's crazy. He's his guardian angel. And that is so legit. Like, that is, like, that person held on to him and, I think that is just magnificent. I think that it was beautiful. And I think that makes the ending of this movie even more beautiful as well. Yep. Um, at, at, oof, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> there, there's so much that mirrors itself as we go along throughout this story. And we'll get there. Uh, and now we cut to uh, <laughs> cartoons and creepy old ladies. Uh, and we get the heartbeat part of the score again. And uh, oh, shout out to the Newton brothers. Yeah, oh, uh, what they do with some of the original music, it, we're going to get there. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but Danny gets up from the cartoons and wanders off and Wendy kind of looks after him and the, the old lady's there just waiting in the bathtub for him. She's ready to go yeah. for round two, except this time Dan's got a plan and he shuts that door behind him and you hear her scream in absolute terror because she's the one getting messed up this time yes she got straight ghost busted you know it it. (laughs) um and and, uh yeah what did i say here danny locks her wrinkly old ass in a box and goes back to cartoons And finally speaks to his mother. And finally um, says something. Yep. Yeah. And we immediately from here on out, flash forward about 30 years later. Uh, and uh, yeah, Dan's uh, waking up uh, yeah, next to a dead hot. girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I completely forgot to mention that uh, we, as the <laughs> end of the prologue uh, here, where the true knot rolls out, we get chapter one old ghosts old ghosts yes and i completely glossed over that yes because of this awesome six-part chapter structure of this uh director's cut oh it works so well because it's like it's almost like a six-part miniseries in condensed film form and right totally down totally down yeah it works 
Likewise, very much likewise. Like, and the beauty of what you just said, you know, you know, you have a good movie when you just you don't need to stop it. Like, there, there's been multiple moments where Flanagan was like, "If you want to stop here and come back to this later, like, I understand this movie is long, and if you want to stop here, that's okay. You could come back later." Um, but you know, and you don't get something like that. Like for example, um, Endgame, also a three hour long movie. Um, you don't, you don't get a moment where you're just like, oh, I could pause it here and come back. Like, it's like, no, I got to sit through this shit. Like I, I got to sit yeah. here and not, you know, I'm enjoying it, but like, I got to sit here through this. Like I can't just leave. But with Dr. Sleep, he gives us that opportunity yet. We don't want to take it. We want to yeah. finish it. We want to see what the rest of these chapters have to offer. Like, I love showing this movie off to people, and my wife has still yet to see this movie, and I oh, wow. have been begging her to see this movie because she loves Hill House. Loves Hill House. She is the biggest Hill House fan. And um, she's watched that show more than me for sure. Like, I think probably close to 10 times for her, and, like, she'll just play it in the background sometimes. And, um, you know, with that particular mindset like i really want to kind of go uh, in with with her in this movie because she has no idea what this movie's even about she's oh, seen geez. the shining but oh, she has no idea what this movie's about and i really want I, I, oh she's in God. for a treat it, because day, at the end of the day, day um you know us horror fans we find stuff that's you know generally creepy you know genuinely creepy in this film right. but it's not really the scariest film either there's some no. truly terrifying <laughs> stuff in here if when you really wrap your head around it but sure. um but yeah it, it's um that like a lot of flanagan <laughs> oh mm, yeah absolutely holy um, shit but yeah i I get what you're saying about, you know, films that don't give you a break or directors that purposefully don't give you a break. Like take David Lynch, right. for example, when he does oh, yeah. a, a physical release of his stuff uh, and it's something that he's supervised, he purposefully does not put chapter breaks in there because his yeah. feeling is you are supposed to watch a film start to finish. It is one experience. And, and I understand that too, but man, sometimes you just got to pee. It's yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's some of your movies are long, dude. Um, yes. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a perfect thing with this. There's perfect oh little breaks God. and it kind of works out to about half an hour or so a piece for a three hour yeah. film here. Um, Absolutely. That works. Um, Completely agree with that. So, so yeah, going back to Dan waking up about 30 years later and he wakes up to a dead girl in a hangover. Uh, he's not in a good way. As one does. <laughs> As one does. Yes. Uh, he sees what happened and he runs to the bathroom and vomits and he has flashbacks to the, uh, excuse me, to the uh, prior evening. And you see, he's got a bit of a temper like his father. He, uh, you know, clocks this dude with a pool ball and, uh, gives him the whole, you're going to take your medicine thing. Um, you know, we get, uh, great way some, to bring that line back. Oh yeah. Yeah. We get some <laughs> blow and booze and babies, uh, because there's a toddler, uh, walking around this filthy apartment. Oh my and, God. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, no. Dan's having a bad time and this is where Dick shows up again and, uh, chastises him a little bit for the situation. He sees Dan's kind of at rock bottom and he's stealing the money out of this lady's purse. Dan's like, yeah, she stole mine and she bought the blow with it. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not looking not looking too hot. No, it's really not. 
Uh, and Dick has this great line uh, when uh, Dan tries to use the shining to sort of block out everything. He's like, no, no, no memories. Those are the real ghosts. You're going to take them with you. And yeah, yeah, that shit's going to haunt you forever. Um, and yeah, the fact that he did like, you know, like that still destroys me. And I feel like, Fucking hell. Like, you know, like, it's just shit, man. This, I feel like it was, it was kind of a two-parter here. Like, I feel like one, this was paying homage to train spotting, you know, Ian McGregor and train spotting as well in some ways. Um, I mean, guys, this is the first time you see the dead kid inside of a, yeah, this one's (laughs) not crawling on the ceiling though. Um, No, this one's not, but this one definitely is talking to him. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of perfect that, you know, he does this horrible thing, but the money that he takes is exactly what he needs to get him to where he needs to be in this story. Exactly. Right. It's the perfect amount. If he didn't do that, he, he would probably still be in this predicament. Or more predicaments like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's see here. We cut from Dan dipping on out to, let's see here, Lucy and David putting a young Aberstone to bed. Um, she wants to keep practicing piano. And, hey, for a four-going-on-five-year-old, she's pretty good. Got to <laughs> say. It's yeah, um real good. A l- little bit of a prodigy, you know. Uh, uh definitely. Eh, well, uh, you know, she understands, hey, gotta go to bed. It's you know, birthday party tomorrow, it's a big day. Uh so they tuck her in and then <laughs> cut to the parents waking up in the middle of the night with some ghostly Graham Nash playing. Um yeah. Um and they it go sounds down, so good. It's so fucking yeah, creepy. <laughs> they, they they go downstairs and they see the keys playing by themselves. And fucking hell. Yeah, because basically she's playing the music in her sleep. Um and okay. then yeah, fade from here to a movie theater somewhere else where uh mm. we're introduced to Snake Bite Andy. And uh you know, uh, we get Rose and Crow Daddy. They're having a great time watching her as she works. As uh, she basically lures somebody from a chat room into, you know, she's a pusher, so she can put ideas in people's heads and make them do what they want. Uh, she forces this guy to sleep, steals his wallet, and fucks him over big time. But this, this asshole gets what he deserves. He, yeah, he fucking needed to get it. <laughs> yeah, because he's a creepy pedophile fuck. Um, yes. She's supposed to be 15, technically, in in this moment. (laughs) So he gets what's coming to him, and she books on out of the theater. Crow goes to follow her. Now, she's able to stop him with her power. Yeah, with ease. Yes, but not Rose. She tries. But, uh, yeah, well, hi there. Yep. Yeah. That line, like, oh no, I don't think I will. Like, <laughs> like yeah. she says, like she says, you you want to leave me alone, and she's like, oh no, I don't, I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 they want her. Oh, um, chills, fucking yep. chills. God damn. Yep. And uh, then we pop over to Dan uh, waking up under an overpass. 
because yeah, he's a bum now. And, um, <laughs> that's not good. He's, uh, you know, checking to see what's left in his bottle and getting an idea of his surroundings. And we've got this super slow, uh, original score with the heartbeat laid over it. And, uh, he's going into Tet transit. This is like one of the first major, uh, dark tower Easter eggs here. Yes. And I love it because, oh my God, Mike Flanagan needs to do a dark tower adaptation. Like, yesterday. you know, um, he, he, he just started a TikTok, right? And I know. In, in his second TikTok video, we got, we got our girl, Kate chilling on the couch, doing this TikTok with him with a fucking dark tower book in her hand i'm like like my guy is hinting this so hard that i feel like it's going to happen eventually and we shouldn't be surprised when that shit does happen because it's going to fucking happen it's going to happen don't get me wrong i really like idris as roland but that movie is uh that movie is fire man and i'm fine bringing idris back yeah because technically the film is canon that's the same thing fucking hell just not a good episode of that story that's no 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 not at all not at all fucking hell if he doesn't get get to do dark tower i would love for for him to at least get to do fairy tale the new stephen king um because fairy tale is fucking amazing and i i feel like that would be a really fun one for him to kind of play with because it's not true horror but like it has elements of and i feel like you would have a lot of fun with that but more dark fantasy more dark fantasy have you read it no no i haven't gotten to it yet okay yeah it's definitely more dark fantasy um for sure uh but a lot of uh it's it's a lot of violence in it though like it's a lot of fucking violence (laughs) Oh, but there's never any of that in mike flanagan movies no no not at all um so yeah dan has his last few dollars and at the uh tet transit bus station is able to buy a one-way ticket to Fraser, New Hampshire. And, um, yeah, once again, he has the exact amount of money to get him to where he needs to be. It's almost like his penance for the horrible thing that he did. Um, but yeah, we'll find out about that later because you know, ka, um, so (laughs) we cut to Abra's birthday party and the magician's kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. He's such an (laughs) asshole such an asshole for no reason like yeah. with like like dude, it's her yeah. birthday you're getting paid to be here like let her uh-huh. fucking spin spoons on her on her nose yeah like, that on. whole yeah that's great sweetie yeah right yeah, just shut the fuck up and let me do my magic all um, right <laughs> and um yeah uh, you cut to the parents uh bringing the cake inside because uh wow there's something interesting with the silverware but before we get to that i just got to say Gotta love those baby boot cabinets. Those are absolute fire. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I, <laughs> that I kitchen's agree. awesome. That, that um, kitchen alone was fucking glorious. That whole house is a beautiful fucking house. <laughs> they're in the nice part of town for sure. Um, for sure. I don't know what mom and dad do for a living. I think he's an author, but um, I think so I think that's what it was. But yeah. holy crap! Yeah, that's a nice ass kitchen. Um, it's a nice ass kitchen. 
Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, mom is staring up at the ceiling because that's where all the spoons are. And Abra pops around the corner and she tells them abracadabra. And it's the cutest thing ever. But it's when adorable. she sees them looking at her, the way they're looking at her, her face falls and she loses it. And the spoons and come crashing it, down, crashing the spoons. Yep. And, uh, yes, God, there's, damn. uh, this reverberation through the forest there. Uh, because it jolts both Dan and Rose something awful mm-hmm. and cut to chapter two, empty devils. Um, here we get Rose seducing Andy mm-hmm. and it just, <laughs> Andy's an idiot. I'm sorry. She's got awesome powers, but she's an idiot. She thinks she's in control. No, she's not. No, definitely um, not in control. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, and we get the eat well, stay young, live long line. Love Which that line. Love that so line. Good. Um, Holy hell. Yep. And we're, we're kind of cutting back and forth between this whole thing and Dan's arrival and Frazier. Um, he, you know, kind of wanders into the downtown and he finds the, the park at the town square and he, he discovers teeny town which is a scale model that was started by children in the town and became a community project. And I love how everything's lined up perfectly so that you see the little buildings and then the, you know, actual buildings that they represent in the background and everything is perfectly aligned. Everything is perfectly aligned. I love that. I love this little Mm. kind of like, like little, it's kind um, of magic in a way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's super magical and it's wholesome, you know, like it's something about it that like, it felt safe, like mm-hmm. where wherever he was in this moment, it felt warm. It felt safe. It felt it felt like a new beginning, and I love that. I love that for for him. But one, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit and talk talk a little bit more about these empty devils, um, mm-hmm. the true nut. Fucking holy hell! You know, I I love every ounce of them. I wanted more of them as yeah. well and they were fleshed out quite a bit more in the book but yeah yeah and you know and i, I wanted to know their stories too like i didn't just want snake bite andy's story i wanted all of their stories i wanted Barry hey. junk i wanted uh Apron crow nanny. daddy Apron nanny I, I, I wanted all their stories because i feel like their story especially grandpa flick like the fact that mm-hmm. he's been around since roman era like oh my god like i you know i wanted to know all of their stories and what they actually did um but they're you know and so did mike flanagan mike flanagan wanted wanted to you know bring their stories to life and just unfortunately this movie didn't uh you know financially do well enough for him to get the sequel that he wanted for this because he wanted to make a true not movie Um, he also wanted to do a dick halloran story and that yeah that's right too I got yeah. shut down too. Yeah. Um, Fucking hell. It's a shame. Man. Um, you know, he even had uh, his brother playing one of the true not there. Uh, like a, yeah, what's he his did. Name? Good Diesel old Jamie. Dave or something like he that. Diesel Dave. Yeah. We, we have Katie Parker as well. The, our main chameleon and for Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Silent Sari, I believe her name was uh, in this as well. But yeah, we, we had Jamie. Um, playing that as well. I love that man, dude. Uh, 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 it, it's fantastic. Actually, excuse me. Correction. I love them. I love them. Uh, uh, they them pronouns for for Jamie. Yep, and yeah, just great assortment of um, Flanagan's regular stable of actors throughout this entire thing. 
one hundred percent. Not just the true knot, but they're everywhere. Um, yes, got yeah. Robert Longstreet from oh my God. fucking uh, oh Haunted Hill House. Uh, Henry Thomas, of course, is in here. He's a Lloyd mm-hmm. uh, bartender, and also Jack Torrance. Uh, I, I mean, we we got jo- or Alex Asso as as we saw repeated as well. Carl Strucken, um as well. Love that dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking hell! Like, I mean, it, 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 it. Everyone in this in this thing is just so great, so fantastic. Bruce Greenwood, I can't forget Bruce. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, I mean, from uh, very very different Gerald's from Gerald's game. game. Yeah, very different from Gerald's game. Very different from Gerald's game. But yeah, yeah. Bruce Greenwood as well. well. And awesome that we had actually Danny Lloyd in this as well. And I know a cameo from Danny Lloyd. So that's always fun. Well, yeah. right about here's where we're introduced to Cliff Curtis, and uh, I, he yeah. needs to be in more stuff because he's one of my favorite bits of uh, Sunshine, uh, the Danny Boyle uh, slasher Cliff. film, apparently in outer space. Um, <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it totally turns into a slasher film by the end, though. It's great. Oh, my um, God. But he plays uh, Billy Freeman, and he's this guy that picks up on Danny being, you know, somebody who's down on his luck and needs a friend needs a fresh start. And wow, is he generous because he helps him find a place to live in a super dope apartment. Um, it's really nice for it's 85 like, a week. Yeah. It's yeah. Super nice. It's like fucking Hey Arnold's like room. Nice. Like it's, it's nice. Like <laughs> that's a nice ass room. <laughs> yup. Yep, and uh, we cut from here to uh, Andy's transformation on the beach, and um, yeah, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, she this gets held intense. down with uh, some steam pumped into her, and uh, yeah, yeah, she kind of dies a little inside. Right, um, it was like a vampire, like like yeah, this oh, was you know very vampiric. Yep. And, yep. you know, like the, the, the whole change in the confirmation, you have to die to be re- reawakened. And like you said, it wasn't going to hurt, fucking hurt like hell. Like it well, it doesn't hurt now, be. does it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that line. I love that line. Holy crap. But it, it, it fucking hell. Keep going. Cause it, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> as, going, she, as she loses it here, uh, Dan wakes up in the middle of the night and he's getting a visit from a dead girl. Um, and she's like, they haven't found us yet. They were always used to him crying and they haven't found us yet. And you also get the dead toddler who just, you know, and kind of turns towards him and is like, and, um, yeah, it's, it's gross. Um, and uh, this is where Dan, yeah, oh this is where, uh, Dan is like, uh, I've got problems. I got to talk to somebody. Yeah. So he's he like, I got to change. Yeah. He knocks on Billy's door and, you know, he, asks for help which is awesome because this sets him on his path for this film like really sets him on his path he goes to his first meeting and um this is where he meets dr john uh we get the thing with the watch where um you know he shakes dr john's hand and Mm -hmm. uh realizes where his missing watch is and fills him in on that and um you know i i yeah, this is where I brings him into his office like the next day or a few days later. And he's like, OK, how'd you know? And they have, you know, a couple of great conversations, uh, one of them being about um, 
Hey, do you, do you believe in something? Do you believe, you know, do, do you go to church? Do you believe in a higher right. power? Yeah. Do, do you, you believe, believe in something in bigger something? than yourself? And, right. uh, I'll say speaking as somebody who's become just increasingly agnostic as he becomes older, uh, especially in the past 20 years, uh, I love Dan's comment about how our beliefs, uh, not making us better people, but our actions right. making us better. Absolutely. People. I, I, that strikes such a, it's such a resonating line. And, you know, I agree with you as someone who is also agnostic as well. Um, you know, I, I've never did truly like believe in the church, but I've always believed something higher than me was, uh, just there. But, uh, it, this line has always been like something that's resonated with me because of the fact that like, yeah, just be a fucking kind person. Just be, just be someone who cares and someone who mm-hmm. is um, understanding and be willing to learn, you know, like yes. being, that, that ability to constant learn and take fault for your actions and, and, and for any mistakes that you may make yes. along the way. Cause you're going to make them, but yeah, own up but to try it. Try to do good. And, exactly. um, and, and so John offers him a job at the local hospice and, uh, and also it's Almond's office from the shining. So that's right. What the heck? That's right. It's, uh, that's also fantastic callback. It's there. Straight up the same office. And uh, okay. That was uh, great. So here's where Andy wakes up from uh, her little death. And, uh, you know, we got some old timey music playing on the radio. Um, and the true not, she's basically in- reintroduced to everybody. You know, she gets a hug from uh, Grandpa Flick and everything. And, um, we get that line that we talked about, about how, well, you don't hurt now, do you? And, um, and then we cut back to the hospice where, uh, Dan and Azrael, uh, make their first visit as a little tag team. Um, Dan's, uh, kindness to this patient is sort of heartbreaking. You know, oh. at first he's like, he doesn't want to be there. He's like, I'm going to go get the doctor and right. You know, but no, no, it, it turns out he's the right person there at the right time. And he helps this person, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil. Right. Um, yeah. Dr. Also, <laughs> Dr. Sleep. And, 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 and shout out to him reading a playgirl that his father was reading in the lobby of the show yes. uh, of the Overlook. Um, yes. That's, that's fantastic. Funny. That's fucking funny. Yeah, that, that's um, really funny. And and this is where uh, Dan comes home uh, from his shift to find a little message on the blackboard in his room. Uh, the same right. hello that was on the card that Aber gave her mother. Um so he's got his little pen pen. Oh, with the little smiley face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so begins chapter three, Little Spy. Uh, we get Midnight with the Stars and One you. One of my playing. favorite chapters. Yeah. Uh, this, this, oh, this is where this movie starts to really kick off into high gear. Oh, this movie um, is fucking full throttle right here. <laughs> yeah. We, we get Midnight with the Stars and you as the camera tracks slowly through the gold room of the Overlook to a uh, glass of whiskey sitting on the empty bar. And it's eight years later, and Dan's getting his eight year chip at AA, and he talks about his father. Uh, cause mm-hmm. he really doesn't know what else to talk about how he only ever felt connected to him through his anger and his alcoholism. But now he has this new connection because he remembers seeing a chip, um, uh, probably like a five month chip, he says in his father's hand. And he realizes that 
his dad tried, tried to be better for him and his mother. And, right. you know, this is something that he's finally been able to accomplish himself. So, you know, it's like, you know, here's to Jack Torrance. It's <laughs> Jesus. It's mm, got to love this the Mike Lanigan a, monologues. Um, this was rough, you know, like, like hearing him talk about that and how emotional he got while talking about that. Like this being his, his main father's wish was to get sober and fuck dude like this was such a heartbreaking line for me and and you know i've i personally have never um struggled with like um alcoholism or anything quite like that but i've known people who have and who've tried going through aa and who have um also made it out quite successfully out of aa and and you know is, is going on their 10-year chips and things like that right now and you know, hearing this story of how it's it's a family trauma that's passed down that almost felt like family tradition versus trauma Oof. is just so it's just a fucking gut punch, absolute gut punch. Yeah, yeah, it's intense. And but at the end of it all, you do feel um his happiness, you know, that yes. he's in a good place, you know, yeah. finally. And he, he's got friends. He's got a decent life. He feels like he's doing good work. Um, that's God, that's cool. Um, and cut to him, you know, doing his rounds as Dr. Sleep again. Um, and, uh, we get the wonderful, you know, we don't end line and he sings, uh, come fly with me along with yeah. uh, this dying patient. It's really sweet. And, um, and we, Blueberry learn, pie. yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we learn at this point that, uh, Dan's been talking back and forth with Abra all this time over these eight years. Right. And, um, I do want to mention something really quick mm. before you continue. There's, uh, in that scene when he is having this moment with this gentleman um this is the moment where i feel like you truly start to understand dan's powers in this moment because of the fact that he's doing multiple things he's having hosting a shared experience with this gentleman like literally pulling out memory facts from this guy's life bringing them back to each other so they can experience them together so he doesn't have to experience them by himself and on top of that he also pushes information into his brain that allows him to taste that memory and to smell that memory to bring that experience even further. Like he's doing what Rose does, mm -hmm. what Andy does, and and what Crow does as well. Like he's doing literally everything that th these three people have to do separately. And he's yeah. doing it by himself in the most mun not mundane, but in in the most um it's old hat for him. Um, exactly. Yes. It, and it's funny how he likes to play it off to Abra like he's just he's not that powerful. He's not that special. No. Right. It's yeah, well, I don't know, man. Like, nah, dude, I don't know, man. I think you sound yeah, pretty we, we damn get, powerful yeah. and special to me. <laughs> we get comments from Rose about all that much later on in the film, too. Um, but yeah, he helps this guy transition and uh, goes home to more messages from Abra. And 
we cut to Crow and Rose talking about tracking down a new little snack. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. There's uh, this little comes. dig that he makes at Netflix um because oh. <laughs> yeah you know about how um you know I, I don't know if it's all the tv signals or netflix or what and it's like that was great you know, um yeah that was great okay. and then he did and then mike flanagan fucking works for netflix now <laughs> yeah yeah i love that I love um, it. so yeah yeah crow's basically begging for uh rose to uh release a canister of steam because they're all kind of starving and how he you know he's trying to play off that oh we're, we're gonna need that so that we can track this guy down you know or yeah she she relents and yeah. uh almost she, a, almost an addiction yep yeah exactly and uh she she feeds them all and i don't think she even takes any steam in the scene herself she, no. she just feeds them uh and very motherly story. here right? oh yes like this is very much like a, a motherly type of uh thing that i i portrayed in this moment from her where she very much feels that like oh i'm feeding my children like my children deserve to eat before me even though i've tried to kind of put my foot down a little bit and show but my children are the ones who need me right now. So she's feeding them when she's just like, you know, I'll eat after, after they're done, I'll take the scraps or I'll take the leftovers or whatever kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite miraculous and how they feed is quite great. Like they're very animalistic mm-hmm. after grandpa flick gets his, he gets his little whiff in and then everyone's like, all right, no, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. Like, let's start getting some, but, yeah. but it's it's also very sexual in the way that very, they very take the sexual. steam. Absolutely. It's, uh, reminds me of Blade. Many... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that club scene in Blade when everyone's sharing the blood. <laughs> yeah, yep, they got the sprinklers with the blood. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, that's that's a poll. <laughs> My mind goes all over the place, Joe. You know. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do. Um, so yeah, we cut from here to baseball boy. Um, and you know, check out Danny Lloyd and his buddy in the crowd uh talking about this kid. Um, nice little cameo there. But uh yeah, they they found him. They found him all right. And he he it's like he almost knows where the pitcher's gonna throw the ball. Uh you know, and of course he's number nineteen because you know it's Stephen King and it's the number 19 has got to be in there somewhere has to be there. Yup. And we get, this might be the first speaking, uh, the first line delivery from Robert Longstreet in this film. Uh, cause here he is yeah. hanging out the side of the van. Hey, number, number 19. 19. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's so creepy and it's such a oh child molester it, van. Yes. And yes. Fucking hell! And, uh, my my they, thing is like, why is this kid going to this game by himself? Like, we're, like that that broke my heart. Yeah. That one, his parents didn't really go to this game with him, and uh, like that, I was like, that sucks. This kid has it's, to walk it, walk home in this fucking kind of a chainsaw massacre yeah, highway. Yes, it's the middle <laughs> of nowhere in Iowa. You know, he, he probably lives just a couple of properties down, and it's Fair. probably the type of area where you just you don't lock your doors at night and all that. Fun yeah, stuff. it's exactly which is yeah. lock your doors because I mean, yeah. just don't don't do that. Lock lock hey. your, lock your fucking doors. I don't give a shit where yeah. you live. Lock them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, well, I mean, it, it's kind of awful because of course they're preying on kids in yes. these types of areas. The, 
because they won't fight back. Right, mm-hmm. you know, or they'll try to fight back, but you know, it, 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 it you're just gonna have so many home alone situations that you're gonna be. Uh, not everyone's a Kevin McAllister, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of them are testing their luck here. But you're right; yeah. they do prey on children and mainly children. Um, you know, we the only incident that we know where they preyed on, uh, I guess, an adult was the story of grandpa flick as he's going through cycles right where mm-hmm. where uh rose mentioned that he fed off kings and things like that and, and saw empires fall and crumble and where we get this moment where them preying on children because their mind one is not as i guess convoluted um because that we learn as the older they get the more convoluted the mind gets therefore their steam blocks even more as they get older but hey. yeah and shout out to the kid playing number 19 of course uh yeah jacob, jacob from uh room and uh of course uh before i wake luca as um, well before yeah. i wake yes yep. that's right um yeah this kid's great this kid's oh, yeah. fucking great. Like I, I, I picture him being like he was in Good Boys as well. I think oh, yeah. he's like sixteen now, but like I picture him being like the next uh, um, Timothy Chalamet for sure. Like this kid's fucking great. I could see it, and would love to see him uh, go on to do more Mike Flanagan stuff, and I'm sure he will. Because uh, I'm sure he will. Know, um, they all have contracts inked in blood. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so uh, Andy entices the kid into the van. Uh, pushing him, uh, essentially, and off they go. Um, and she's so fucking creepy when she does oh, this. God. Like she comes in, not you even like a want... snake, but more like a fucking yeah. spider. Like God damn it, she's so creepy. Holy yep. shit! Yep. So they get him to come along, and they torture and bleed this kid in spectacular fashion. Um, what did I say here? Feeding on his steam with orgasmic glee, because that's exactly what it looks like. And just Rose's line about, you know, you know, when he asks if they're going to hurt him. Mm, And this is where, um, Abra starts to pick up on what's happening because, you know, his, um, you know, reaction is scene. just reverberating, you know, throughout, you know, I guess the shining for lack right. of a better term. Um, yeah. Cause at this point, the shining is kind of like the force, right? Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, oof, it is bloody and it just is such a long, so scene. much worse than the theatrical version. <laughs> Oh my god! In all the best ways. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, and Abra is, is holy not shit. having it at first. She's just kind of observing, and then right. she's essentially feeling what this kid is feeling, and right. she's losing her shit. As parent, her parents are running in, and this is where um, she basically breaks Dan's blackboard, and he falls out of bed when all this happened, and sees the in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, red rum, and yeah. of course it says murder on the wall itself. Oh, it's so good! Um, so fucking good. So, so he gets, fucking good. Yeah, he gets up, walks over, and writes "who" on the blackboard. And uh, we cut back to the knot, getting their last bit of steam out of this kid, and they're like pushing on his chest, driving it out. 
It's <sighs> they're 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 trying to get that last bit of toothpaste out of the tube right. here. Exactly. Um, as as she wishes that he had a little bit more fight in him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doesn't she say like I thought we could have at least gotten a couple more hours out of him or yeah, something like that? Or yeah, a couple more minutes. Yeah, she she God. wanted she wanted him to feel the pain because pain drives yeah. steam and pure no purifies, purifies. steam. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and <laughs> with with that mindset and just the way that Jacob Trimbley fucking acts in this role. Oh my you god. Believe like, you, believe you believe the pain. You believe the terror. Yeah. Ounce of pain that he's in right there. And mm-hmm. that is something incredible. And supposedly it was even longer than this director's cut version that we got as well. And Stephen King told him it's like, dude, you gotta pull that back. Like that shit is brutal. Like you gotta pull that back. Like <laughs> Yeah, you and he's not one known for being back. squeamish in any no, way. And dude, also, like, like oh yeah. my god, in the outsider, he has a fucking brutal ass like kid killing getting killed scene oh, yeah. with a fucking stick. Like, yeah. oh my god. And it's brutal as shit, and it's it's and it's heinous as shit too. Mm-hmm. And for him to say like, "You gotta pull this kid getting stabbed back," is that's a that's that fucking hell. Like that, you know that that takes a lot. <laughs> yeah, and also shout out uh, to um, uh, Kylie uh, Curran here because we're not giving yes. her enough credit for her acting I in this scene Kylie. as well. Because she's coming she's back. Ab- yeah, yeah, she's Usher, com- she's right? Coming back. She, she's coming back in Usher. Same, same with Carl Lumbly as well. This nice. is the first time they got to see each other back together since Doctor Sleep. So Kylie Kieran's back in, in Usher, and so is Carl Lumbly as well. So I'm very yeah. excited for that as well. Nice. Uh, well, Abra is absolutely broken by this connection that she just made. Um, she's her parents have no idea what's going on but she is absolutely lost it she's, and, yeah she's livid you know she's yep. gone at this moment mm-hmm. and uh, we uncontrollable back, even yeah and we cut back to iowa and uh crow and rose are burying the body in a very shallow grave and talking yeah. about um, like spent like five minutes digging that hole <laughs> oh yeah yeah, it's next it's to nothing. Like, whatever. I mean, like, thank God it's an abandoned uh, <laughs> ethanol processing plant. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, and they're talking about how they had a looker, uh, somebody that was watching while all this was happening. And um, let's see here. We get uh, another bathtub shot as uh, Dan mm-hmm. is uh, walking around his apartment and he's like, you know, asking her questions and so on. And this is where he finally says, you know, you know, your friend, Dan. Right. And finally, after eight years, introduces himself to Abra. And, mm-hmm. you know, she comes downstairs like, hey, I made a new friend. And uh, mom is very concerned because of everything that happened the night before. And Abra's like, hey, got to go to school. Bye. And right. <laughs> so she's sitting there in the computer lab and basically listening in on the thoughts of all of her classmates, just being a total creep. And um, we get that girl <laughs> looking back at her. Why is the freak looking at me? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're making these people freaked out. Stop it. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you're staring at everybody just peeking in their brains, like no yeah. privacy at all. <laughs> yep. Yep. So totally get some of those reactions, but also that girl's just, you know, a little shit. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Is. So she's spending her time in computer lab there uh, researching missing children and uh, she finds the kid 
and I, I love how it's like the next day, you, but right. and all of a sudden this kid's a missing person already. Um, but eh, just we'll, we'll hand wave that away. Um, right. But she, uh, you know, gets a printout and runs home and uh, dad's working on his book. She's like, yeah, that's nice. I'm going to go get started on my homework. And he's like, thank Harvard in three years. And she's like, yeah, we'll we'll see. And he's like, yeah, we will see. (laughs) Such a dad. (laughs) I love that. I love love it. I love the dad. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Dave Stone and I'm, I'm glad he had a nice like a nice decent role in this movie. Like I'm glad he was very present in this movie, a lot more present mm-hmm. than Lucy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, there's so a moment was, uh, in a few scenes where she's like, peace. And she's gone for right, the, rest of the, gone the, for the rest of the movie to the end, you know? And, and the reason why I find this so important is, um, and you know, a, a lot of folks, I, I've, I've mentioned this in, in one of my seminars as well that I, that I gave for uh, the deconstruction of the black horror trope. And, and what I specifically have mentioned in this moment on why this is so important that he's so present in this movie is because as a black kid, that is the ongoing joke, right? You know, like, oh, your father's not around and blah, blah, blah. Like, at least my dad's here and all this whole other bullshit as being black. Like, that, that is a stereotypical joke. And... Yeah. I found that to be so important to have him very present in this movie mm-hmm. and to be the main factor um, for Abra in this movie. And I I thought that was magnificent. I thought that was great to have him as president. It sucked that sure he dies, but like, um, yeah, but like at the same time, it would, it, it was so warranted because he was trying to protect his daughter. Right. Like yeah, I, it it's, it's feel less like it the sacrificial black man trope, exactly. but you know, and also right. shout out to just, this is a kid who ultimately you know, isn't described as any particular race in the book. Um, no. and, and you know, they just, Hey, let's make her this cool biracial character. And also right. let's just not even draw attention to it. Just yeah, let no. it be. It's just let it and be. It's, so it's just normal. Perfect. And it's great. It's so great. Let's, it's let's just great. find some cool actors who are doing cool shit and yep. just let it play. And it's so perfect. It's so perfect. So great. It's so great. And and you know, and Zachary Momo is is fantastic. He's he's a British Nigerian actor and he's so fantastic to me. He was in Harriet as well and he was also really really good in Harriet. Um he has a nice uh portraying role in that film as well. Um but he he he's not in enough stuff. Like, I feel like he should be in so much fucking more, but like, hopefully he gets his due because he's, yeah. I find him to be fantastic. I just but think Zachary Momo's great. That's the plight of the character actor too. You know, it's uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, maybe someday he'll get a good breakout and maybe, yeah, you maybe never know. You never know. So yeah. Abra goes upstairs from here and yeah, she's doing her homework. All right. She's doing some psychic research with the printout and, uh, this is where she kind of sees the true knot as they came into that facility and as they left. Right. And as she's viewing all this, she's auto writing, which mm-hmm. is super cool. It is super cool. Is, it's fucking creepy as shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We get uh, another uh, dark tower Easter egg with Lamerica industries. That's um, right. Yep. And this is where uh, she decides, okay, I could do that. What else can I do? She goes to the window and she projects herself into Rose, but we get this cool little gravity defying 
movement as it's so fucking cool yeah it's so cool it's it's almost like a music video like like if, if she was yeah. just stinking and uh, floating like we wouldn't make any shit anything of it you know like vitamin c and graduation or some shit but like it's uh it, i was thinking virtual insanity but you know whatever. that works too <laughs> um but uh you know it's it it's great. It's great. It's it like I love this scene so much, and and I do love when she is kind of piecing back on how they were uh, to go there, and you get like the bone cracking noise of how it turns the oh, fucking hell. It's so good. It's so, I know a lot of people who find bone cracking to be very tiresome in horror. I fucking love it, but like this was a great way to refresh that to make it seem like they're all just one joint together they're just all one thing and they are all moving in synchronous and they are harmony initially they are harmonious as they move which causes them to be one functioning organ or body whatever body part whatever you want to call it that has this cracking motion as they turn their car oh my fucking god i love it i love it so much (laughs) (laughs) i get giddy with that shit man (laughs) as well you should um so yeah uh ever is able to project herself into rose in the grocery store wherever she's at and rose right away can tell that something's not quite right kind of feels that she's being observed and as she goes up to a reflective surface really understands what's happening. It's the looker again. And we get that perfect gif uh, of, well, hi there. And the hand coming. Oh, the reach back. Holy fucking hell. And Abra's not having that. Abra's like, get out of my head with such force. Oh, my God. Darth Vader ain't got shit on Abra. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Rose gets flung halfway across that grocery store, and it is glorious. It Um, is fantastic. Makes her nosebleed, too. Yes. And Dan's, because Dan feels this, too. He he passes out at AA, and apparently, as he was passing out, he was calling out to Tony for help. To Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Right, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm glad they didn't bring the finger back in this I'm one. I'm so it's, glad that they didn't bring the finger back. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that they did. It's do that, it's very much part of Danny Lloyd's portray, portrayal of uh, Danny Torrance. Right. But we don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, we, we're we're done with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad that we had Tony, but yeah, I'm 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 happy we didn't bring back the finger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so now at this point, Rose is obsessed with finding Abra, and she's hatching a plan on how to essentially use her as livestock. Right. Uh, and I love the line of "I fucking want her." Yes. You know, no other so considerations. I don't give a shit about any of you. I want her. Yes. Yes. And the conviction that you hear there and, and crow being legitimately scared. Mm-hmm. And it feels like he's, this is the first time in fucking eons. He's been afraid mm-hmm. and he's legitimately oh, he's, scared. He's like, he's like, he's like, are, are you sure we should be like, I feel like we need to have her on our team like we can't eat this person like we 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 need to have this person with us well i think rose is in some ways a little bit jealous and a little bit threatened by her 
Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, my God. And the fact that we have Rose being this uh, this factor of this of this being, of whatever the fuck she is. And we have Rose, or uh, excuse me, Abra, being this very large contender. Like, this is like fucking Mike Tyson versus Holyfield right now. Someone is trying to play dirty somewhere. <laughs> it's like 1996 all over again. <laughs> so, yeah. Cut from here right to chapter four, turn world. Um, Abra fakes out her mom and grabs a bus to Frasier and super creepily tracks down Dan. Uh, oh my gives God. him a little psychic hi. He's like, he's like, don't fucking do that. Like, <laughs> like no, don't yeah, do that I mean, right here. Like, first, let's, let's he sees talk. this this young teen standing at the sidewalk there staring at him with a creepy smile on her face. Sure. And of yeah, course, yep. when he turns around, that's when he gets the high inside of his head. And, uh, and Dan's like, hey, I'm taking a break. And Billy sees her or sees him walking off with her. And the look on his face is like, what the fuck, Dan? <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, she, uh it, I, lo- I love how she like comes up with it. Like immediately she's like, you're my uncle. Like, and it, which, which is great because it's just like, well, I mean, her mom is white, so like hey, that could be a thing. Like that could definitely yeah. be a thing. Yep, it's uncle a shame Dan. that they didn't actually play into the fact that he actually is her it uncle. Her uncle, um, yeah, like in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it's just a little bit too much backstory for an already very full. Right, film, it's so a very I, convoluted film. So I understand. Um, yeah. So yes, if anybody is concerned. You're my uncle Dan. And okay. Uh, so <laughs> Aber wants uh, Dan to go, you know, check out the baseball boys glove. This is after they have a little conversation about what the shining is and all that to them. Um, she always describes it as being magic. And to him, it's, mm-hmm. you know, more, more just how things are, I guess. Um right. But, uh, yeah, she wants him to go uh, find baseball boy's glove because Barry the Chunk was wearing it. So she feels that, you know, she'll have more of a connection to finding these people and stopping them. Um, Right. And, yeah, um, he's concerned for her. um, But I think he's he's legit scared for her. Yeah, but I think he's also just more than a little bit concerned for himself because he's been able to keep his head down for so long. Um, And he tells her to do the same, keep her head down. Um, And he he remembers how his mother, uh, well, he he actually has a flashback here of his mother treating him kind of differently and how she's thinking about, uh, you know, his dad and so on. And unfortunately we don't find out quite yet what happened following this scene, but that will come up later. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, Dan's concerned for Abra and tells her, Hey, no, you need to go and uh, you need to forget about this and keep your head down. Keep your head down. Um, Do not provoke these people. Like, yes, they are dangerous. Yeah. He's never had to deal with anything quite like this before. No, um, just sort of his own personal demons, but right. uh, yeah, he's never had anything really supernatural that's been other than, you know, the old ghosts from the overlook that he's had to deal with. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, this is where we cut back to the hospice and um, Dick returns. Uh, yes. Asriel enters what Dan thinks is an empty room. And mm-hmm. uh, this is such a great scene. Uh, Love he, scene. Dan walks in there thinking that Dick is just yet another ghost from the overlook. And he just Ready about to... throws him in a box. Yep. It's like, whoa, whoa, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on there, Doc. <laughs> and they have this fun conversation about, uh, um, I, I forget the character's name, but it's the guy with the tumbler and the bleeding head who's like, yeah, you know, nice like, party, isn't nice it? Nice party. Shit-eating grin on his face, he says. And uh, yeah, he's really smiling when I threw him in a box. Um, and yeah, this is where Dick tries to convince Dan to help Abra, um, and I, I popped so hard in the theater for the cot is a wheel line. Um, and I don't know that anybody else in my theater did. It was that sad, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, yes. and yeah, uh, I love Dick's line about how they eat screams and drink pain. Oh um, my fucking God. It, this whole thing was just written poetry. Mm-hmm. It was just absolutely poetry, and 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 his delivery is fucking flawless oh, yeah. here. It was like they eat screams, they drink pain, and I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> and you feel you like it's like it's like a fucking emotional jab to your heart, where you're just oh, like, yeah, yeah I, dude, and, you should fucking help her. Like, and, they, and they, he's yeah. telling her, yeah, yeah, it's only fair that you help her because you owe a debt. You know, it's like you came into my kitchen and fucked my world up and I helped you. Now it's your turn to help her. Yes. Um, Yeah. So he's like, this is the last time you're going to see me because it hurts to be here. And yes, that was really sad. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't like the idea of Dick having to endure a ton of pain just to visit Danny, but apparently that's the case. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah that 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 hurt me a lot too i was just like oh man i didn't like it, it he never like made it seem like it did hurt him to be there but yeah no it fucking does it it hurt him it hurts him to be there mm-hmm. um i'm I'm actually pretty disappointed that no one got your the car reference in your theater like like that I, I guess there weren't huge stephen king fans going to a stephen king movie and a pre-release yeah. screening but but like that's I, in so many Stephen King projects. Like that's that's in the Outsiders. It's in Dark Tower. I mean, all of Dark Tower, really. Uh, the fucking Tommy Knockers. Like that, that it. That's in like that, that's very pr- apparent. It, like it, it shows up fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Dark Tower has ties to basically half of the stuff that he has written. Um, right, 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 right. right. Uh, it's just a real shame, but, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, no, I, I neither think- nor here or there. I, I, my, my theater, luckily they, they went pretty like, it was a lot of like, <gasps> like, like kind of moments in, in there. So there were was, plenty of real ones great. in that theater. Okay. I, yeah. I see how it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I guess we also neglected to mention here that, um, when, uh, Abra gave that push, to get yeah. Rose out of her head, she created a bit of an earthquake in New That's Hampshire. That's right. Because yes. here's where Crow uh, barges into Rose's trailer uh, with his findings of said earthquake. And he's like, he's hey, like you see this shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> you want us to fucking fight this thing? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a little concerned that um, concerned. you know this person has so much power. And Rose is reading that the total opposite way. Oh, now yeah. I, I I have a street. So it's a fucking whale. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I know where to go now. And he's like, right, right, right. Wait, right. that's not what I. That's but, not what I. Well, that's not what I brought this in here for you to see that for. Like, yeah, you know, like no. I want you to be on the same page as like I'm fucking scared. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh. Yeah. So yes, uh Rose has plans for that evening then. And uh we cut to Lucy saying goodnight to uh Abra. She's gonna uh boogie on out in the morning to go visit her mm-hmm. healing mother and removing herself from the plot. Um right. it was a much bigger plot point in the book, I remember how uh yeah, Momo was uh, sick with cancer, and yep. um, it was a whole thing. It was a whole um, thing. Uh, I think. I think she was. I think Jocelyn actually was pretty busy with uh, off season during that time. Uh, the film off season by uh, uh, Mickey Keaton. Okay. Um, so I think she was off filming that as well in Entrium with this. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, so she pieces out and this is where Rose does her astral projection and the scene is awesome. Oh, cool. She flies up into the sky. Holy and- hell. You hear the deep oh. breaths, you hear the heart, you hear the wind mm-hmm. softly combing through the sky. Oh my gosh. Just the camera movements all around her and how Beautiful. she, you know, the heartbeat continues to increase in its pace and she touches down uh in her bare feet on the street and floats on up to the window and just the camera is just turning all around throughout all of this and it's fucking hell yeah the only other time i've seen him use that kind of camera trick and camera work was in hush and uh uh and i I was very very excited to see that brought back in here i fucking screamed like (laughs) like like no other in that theater when when that happens like (laughs) it's like hush like oh fuck yeah so like it's uh it's fucking hell i i love i love every aspect of what's happening right now it's not just goddamn perfect you know i'm saying everybody like it was was fucking perfect like you i wouldn't i will not say a bad thing about this movie because i just can't find anything it's it's very difficult. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Ro- Rose touches down in uh, Abra's bedroom and sees her in her bed. And she's like, well, hi there. And uh, she turns around and sees basically uh, all of Abra's files, basically her memory. She's inside yeah, of Abra's mind, head I guess. here. And uh, she's like, oh, you rubes. And, you know, you put all your stuff in little boxes and blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, <sighs> hers being yeah, a library she, <laughs> the, yes yeah her, her mind is a cathedral yes yeah. um and she turns her back on abra and starts digging through the files and then very this, calmly oh yeah she's in charge right except no because we get the spotlight from above and she is frozen in place and the drawer slams shut on her hand because this has all been a trap um yeah bring in the hefty gloving scene (laughs) yep yep because abra who has kind of taken on the persona of uh somebody from one of the it was, anime that yeah she it was loves. one of the i think it was from ruby it yeah was, i know she's got the ruby, ruby poster on the wall yeah um 
Yep, but uh, yeah, she's uh, basically concealing her appearance, which is smart, and yes. uh, using this as an opportunity to dig through Rose's files. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rose, mm-hmm. in her effort to escape, does the degloving because yep. that's what you do in a Mike Flanagan property. You tear the skin <laughs> off your hand. Um, With her and, saying one of my favorite lines, you're just a fucking child. And it was just like the like veracity yeah, you hear in that you know. voice. And exactly. And it's just like, but at the same time, this child's winning. Like this child is fucking Kevin McAllister because like she is goddamn <laughs> smart. And, you know, if she wouldn't have went inside and, and pushed further ahead of time, she wouldn't have had gotten the idea to cover her identity because her doing that, she's like, oh, she could see me like she can actually legit see me in these situations. She just can't see me that well. So if she's going to be in my mind and I, I want her to come here because, I, you know, I'm at home advantage here. If she's going to come in my mind, I need to be completely unrecognizable as much as possible she did the oscillating in her voice and we kind of had the double voiceover Mm -hmm. and things like that it was it was fucking glorious um you know and we have rose the hat trying to come in like she was fucking freddy krueger and she got fucking dream warrior like yeah yeah she's even after she manages to rip herself free her feet are sticking to the floor and it's ripping skin off of her feet and she finally gets herself free but with so much force that she's flung halfway across the country her body off yep knocks her body right off of the rv um yeah she fall down go boom um (laughs) (laughs) big time uh and oh she's pissed so pissed and this is where robert Longstreet runs in to let everybody know that grandpa flick is cycling Right. Uh, and Abra is sending out a blast to Dan, telling her, telling him about her exploits at this time. And excitedly. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> about all of this. And, you know, basically, we got the two planes of action at this point. We got her talking to Dan and uh, Grandpa Flick dying finally. Yeah, and we got um, Lurch going through his, his, his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And um, as he finally dies, uh, the knot, they basically eat his steam like a pack of hungry dogs. Oh my God. Yeah. that must've been some delicious the, steam. The part where the, he, he finally finishes his cycle and his body just dissipates into steam. They stand there eyes for a, like shimmering yeah. a little bit. Fucking. Oh, they all stand that. there for just a beat. Yep. And then they all descend at once. Yeah. Just like just enough, greedy. enough for his eyes to disappear. Like completely mm-hmm. just so like it was just like, OK, we don't want you to watch what we're going to do to your steam next, even though he's giving himself to them. Right. Like, you know, yeah. in, in he we get that that quick monologue from uh, from Rose as well in this moment to kind of cheer mm-hmm. him up, even though she's in so much fucking pain. And now she has this emotional pain on top of already the emotions and physical pain that she's already experienced. And her in this moment letting him know that like all of these heinous accomplishments that he's gone to eating kings and watching empires fall and things like that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's it was interesting it was super interesting because like if we have the concept of like eat well live long 
fucking hell like how old well it's like she um tells andy it's like you know in 10 years you'll still be 15 in 100 maybe 17 and you know she spells it out you're not gonna live forever you're gonna live long but yeah which is enough like you know like like long lives are are enough and and you know i'm i'm sure you can get quite bored if you live that long but yeah. it's it it's interesting because like the fact that they had this sense of family and this sense of community that allowed them to really um you know be connected and i was very curious because we have that mention of of by dan uh when he first meets abra and she and he tells her like no these people are connected like these people know people like like don't mm-hmm. fuck with them like leave them alone like i was very curious like how connected are they truly you know like like do they actually have these connections or are they just well we get a comment is... about the nsa later so <laughs> that is true that is true so yeah yeah it's very very interesting yeah um, so basically ever has convinced Dan, Hey, you got to go get this glove. We, we got to yeah. make something happen. And he goes downstairs and wakes up Billy and decides to tell him everything. And now it's time for a road trip to Iowa. And, um, you know, in the morning, uh, Aber tags along psychically. Uh, she tries to show Dan how she got into Rose's head and nearly runs them off the road. Um, and it's at this moment where she finally gets a glimpse of what happened at the overlook. Yes. And Dan's like, no, you need to stay out of there. You do not need to be in any way involved with any of that. And she also sees the lawn line of boxes of all those old ghosts. And he's like, Nope, not going to talk about it. You're going to stay out. You do not Mm -hmm. belong. And she, And and she respectfully agrees. Yeah. Which yeah. she's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. She then, knows whatever that was fucking hurt him bad. Yeah. This is something, if if he's ever going to talk about it, he will bring it up. But for the time yep. being, yep, we're just going to, you're going to go to school and uh, they're going to go to Iowa. Um, and we cut back to Rose and Crow. They're finalizing their plans for catching Abra. And Dan and Billy, they find uh, the Lamarck Industries, um, um refinery refinery yeah yep and um abra pops back in tells him to pull around back and uh they started digging and yeah um it's it's not good it's not not good yeah we get the story of how billy used to be a hunter and how he clipped a deer and it got away from him and he tracked it for a couple of days and lost it. Went out again, you know, like the next week or whatever and found the most horrible stench. And it was that deer that had managed to wedge itself into a a hollowed out tree trunk. And Mm -hmm. after that point, he never touched it again. He never went out again. And he says, this is the same smell. Yeah, and there's little bits of the kid poking through the dirt. Yeah, like it, his finger and, and yeah, the and he fucking, tip of his he fucking, Yeah, he he hits the finger and he and and they can't stomach it. Yeah, and, Billy's blowing chunks and um, yeah, because this has only yeah. been a few days at this point. Like that's the that's the thing that like it feels like it's been weeks. 
But no, it's been a few days. Like fucking Time's kind of all over the place fast. in this movie, for to be fair. But yeah, uh, that's fair. yeah, that's super fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, yeah, the smell. So they get the glove and they drive off, and Billy's kind of broken. And, yeah, yeah, Billy. Um, it's like, and and I love that Dan like realizes that too, right? Where like he's just like you, you should go home, and, or like or like not even you should go home. He was just like. You know, Billy's on for the fucking ride. Yeah, Billy's ride or die for Dan. He's just like, like, let's fucking. He's a very good friend. In fact, I think in the book he actually makes it through the whole thing. Um, Oh, really? I could be wrong. I don't remember. Um, I haven't read that book in so long. Swear that he makes it to Colorado with them. Um, Was this the book came out in twenty thirteen? Thirteen. That's right. Yeah, that's that was when I read it, and I I do not remember it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I certainly remember the movie better than I do the book, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> now, now we're in chapter five, parlor tricks. Um, oh man, yeah, this is where stuff really, really starts kicking off into high gear. Uh, Dan convinces Abra to tell her folks everything, and she doesn't want to because she, you know, just finally got them to, you know, think of her as just a normal kid. And this is going to make everything blow up. But he's mm-hmm. like, hey, they got to know. They're coming for you. They're going to be in the way. They're going to tear through them like, you know, tissue paper. Um, and so she pieces out to go talk to them. And he's like, hey, Billy, still got those deer rifles? And they finally get back to New Hampshire. And Dave Stone, not so pleased with uncle dan <laughs> cannot um, blame him no uncle he comes dan? charging out of that house like a dad should in that sense um yep absolutely oh uh, a totally normal reaction to finding out your teenage daughter's <laughs> been talking to someone in their mid-40s um yes yes if, if, if a dad's not reacting that way that that, that ain't a good daddy <laughs> nope but nope. hell like that that was great that was great um, yep. And, you know, the, the differences in, in like the book to here, like this is where it really showcases a lot, because, I mean, the book is very different from this movie, I feel like, because like, isn't it like when they kill Brad, they they like contract measles or something? Yes. And I think yeah, like there's a bunch dying. of the true not that are dying off. Right. And and, yeah. and Abra, like they believe Abra is the one who can cure them but mm-hmm. from her steam or something like that. So like, it, it, it's very interesting how we have this, uh, these differences here, but like, this is where the difference is really showcased. Cause like, he's supposed to be her actual uncle. And I love this, this whole concept. You're like, Oh, your uncle Dan. Like, oh, like mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, Dan's like fucking show him, please. Like it's a fucking yeah. Oh, and she gives her dad the worst zinger and he's like, doubled Oh over my God. In pain on the driveway. Pure. And, oh my God. Uh, um, yeah, um, and they, they go back inside, and um, she's like, hey, I didn't want to have to do this, and she shows him everything. Everything. And it's time for a morning scotch. Um, yeah. With shaky hands. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's he's absolutely broken by everything he's witnessed, <gasps> and rightfully so. And he offers some to uh, Dan and Billy, and they're like, we're good. Nope. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> um. And it's time for her to actually use the glove and get answers. And she is basically sitting inside of the van 
uh, the same van they picked up the baseball baseball boy in, and she can see basically it's everybody but Rose, and they're mm-hmm. coming. Uh, they're probably in um, Massachusetts. She thinks they're on I ninety five. She says, um, so yeah, pretty observant. Um, that's cool. Um, so let's see here. They, they cut to them checking out Abra's bedroom. They're like, so this is the only room of the house that they saw. Right. You're right. Sure. She's like, yeah, I made a bunch of changes. And of course there's this plastic dog and a great big, uh, capital a that spell out Ka above her bed. Um, yep. love it. Uh, so and so they split up. Um, our heroes go to a secluded park and Abra sets herself up as bait with Billy and Dan as overwatch. And uh, the knot pulls up in their RV, which mm-hmm. in first viewing, I didn't notice in that when she was viewing them, they were What's in the van, van but they mm-hmm. pull up in the RV. And right. okay, so if you're not paying attention to all that, you'll find out soon. Um, yep. So <laughs> uh, Andy approaches Abra and Abra plays along with the pushing and she steps up to her and jabs her in the neck with a needle and she's like, yeah, you ain't shit. And then turns around oh. and it's just the stuffed bunny. It's just a stuffed bunny. Oh my God. But, yep. and I love her reaction. She's like, what the fuck? And then and Lawn Street's like, parlor tricks just fucking parlor tricks and then he takes a shot in the neck or something with the most uh, amazing like drop too like it's such a visceral drop but like like it's it's a like you felt that bullet Mm -hmm. like the way he falls like but like he stammers he doesn't like fall over or fall to the ground he's like yeah he takes he takes another oh he takes a hit the head then yeah yeah, he takes a round in the head after that right in the forehead (laughs) yeah um and yeah uh, dan and billy king uh, loves his gunfights oh yeah oh and and it's quite the shootout too uh i i love how everybody in the knots got a handgun oh yeah everybody everybody's packing and everyone's everyone's nothing they're they're not punks they're firing back for sure yeah so a great little shootout here and uh andy takes a round and she's stumbling and i forget who helps her get up and get towards the uh the rv but they get hit and go down and she manages to Mm -hmm. get inside basically dan and billy are able to take everybody out uh from the cover of just a couple of trees uh, it's very, very lucky, it seems. Uh, and Dan approaches the RV uh, and sees Andy, and he goes to take a shot. He's out. And mm-hmm. as he's trying to reload, she takes it was that short moment Eddie. To... That's who it was. Short Eddie okay. was helping her. Yeah. And he gets shot in the back. But we, yep. we, didn't, we didn't even mention that Rose is also... Oh, she's, in pain. In she's horrible in absolute... pain guttural pain her whole family just leaving her lifespan like it's just mm-hmm. fucking hell yeah because um yeah uh yeah yeah one of the most fantastic no's you'll ever hear in cinema oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes because they can't be untied right um mm-hmm. yep so andy comes out and pushes dan basically freezes him tries to get him to sleep has a not good time doing that Finally mm-hmm. gets him down, but right before she's able to shoot him, uh, Billy gets a couple of shots in, 
And yep. like a fool, he gets just a little too close as she's cycling. And mm-hmm. you know, I think we forgot to mention that as all the members of the knot go down, they all cycle in just really horrific yeah. ways. Um, Everyone's in pain. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so she manages to croak out to Billy to kill himself. Fucking hell. And she and hers, her death is so fucking intense because her cycle, she's laughing. Like, and she's like, not just any type of laughter, like fucking Crypt Keeper laughter. Like she is like uh, like going at it just <laughs> and then she just fucking just puffs. I'm like, this was fucking hell. who is this like she's great like emily allen lind is her name and mm-hmm. she's just she is phenomenal she was also in the babysitter as well if anyone okay. is curious of like where she's where she's from but yeah she was in the babysitter as well yeah meanwhile billy has taken his top off and uh, oh, fuck, uh it was so, so heartbreaking. sad yeah so heartbreaking god damn it yep and dan's a little broken by everything that has transpired and immediately abra's there and she's like right. where's crow crow daddy's mm. not here mm. and this is where she gets a nice little jab in the neck because he's at her house Fuck and she disappears hell, and dan's dude. got no contact with her hmm. god damn it man like uh yep. And, and, uh, I, and this is when Dan's like, I got to pull out all my tricks. <laughs> yep. And Dave, um, Dave decides now, you know, he's got to make a stand to protect his little girl. He's got, you know, a chef's knife and, uh, God, um, I, I'm glad that we don't see this actually. Me too. Um, Me too. Because, it's an off screen kill. Yeah. You just get crow advancing on him. And then next thing you know, crow's got Abra slung over his shoulder and he's walking out and yep. you get that shot through the doorway yeah. of, uh, Dave's corpse on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, that was rough. Yes. And oh, okay. she wakes up in the backseat of crow's van and we get that whole, a lot of good people killed today conversation and yeah, yeah shout out to Zan. Um, uh, yeah, I what a him. great character actor. I need to yeah, watch that dark great. winds show. I've heard, uh, interesting things about it. I haven't um, seen that one. I, I, I didn't, I, I don't think I've even think it was heard on of that. AMC. He plays like a sheriff or something. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 The, the one with rain Wilson, right? Uh, I, think, I, I think don't know who there. all's in it, but uh, yeah, I, I've been meaning to check it out. Yeah, um, I know he's in Reservation Dogs. Um, as oh, well, is he? Which I, I love that fucking show. That show's great. I <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, they have their little back and forth, and you know she's all drugged up still, and um, yeah, yeah, this is where uh, Dan uh, gets back to the stone house, and he finds Dave's body. And the bottle of scotch and he takes it with him, runs back to his place and he doesn't know what to do. He, he's lost. Yeah. He just lost his best friend. Uh, Abra's dad's dead. Um, he's probably got his fingerprints everywhere in that house. Um, and, uh, you know, he doesn't know what to do to find Abra and he pops open that bottle and it's just so heartbreaking when he nearly takes a drink, but he manages yeah. to stop himself smashes it on the floor and mm-hmm. he's like okay 
okay, you said that your mom, you know, called your mind like a radio that could pick up all sorts of different signals. Well, let's, let's send out some signals. And Mm -hmm. when he finally tunes in with her, we get that fun tilt of the room and he falls yes, down to the and he falls board. back. Oh, fucking yeah, hell. Yeah, the I world love that. Tilts. Yes, um, turn and, world. <laughs> yep. So oh uh, Dan offers uh, to take control and she accepts. And it's so great because we get so Abra awesome. playing Dan. <laughs> Yes, it's so great, and and you, you, we don't get a great look at it, but like her eyes are blue, as mm-hmm. well to to showcase that Dan's in her body, and it's it's fucking great. It's fucking great. Yep. Holy yep. shit! And, and I love I about... love Crow. In this movie is like it's like, well, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh huh, uh huh, and uh, yeah, it's so good. I'm the one that kills your sounds... friends. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, she's just, you know, needling him and, Ah. you know, talking about how, um, yeah, uh, she's just provoking him like crazy and Hey, you know, it's arrogance really that, you know, you think I'm all drugged up in the back seat and you think you're just fine. So it makes sense that you wouldn't be wearing your seatbelt. And this is where she does her magic trick or Dan does rather. Rips the wheel over and takes him right into a tree, and he goes through that windshield. Oh my god! Oh yeah, and definitely one of the most painful cycles that it looks like for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah like that, his uh, screams and oh man, it was great. Yeah, Grandma and Rose had a great again, cycle too, but yeah, yeah. Rose again realizing that her last connection of the knot is dying here um yeah her, her her complete knot is completely untethered at this point so like she yep. the knot is cut <laughs> yep she is a strand at this point um yes uh and abra creeps up on him kind of kneels down and says uh i hope that hurts mm-hmm. a lot yes and then he's gone And she's just walking down this lonely stretch of road and she pauses when she sees Rose just standing just on fire in her path. And uh, she gets a little closer. Rose is like, you little bitch, what have you done? And then Abra realizes, oh, I can see through her and just totally defiant. It just walks right right through. through. Oh my God. Amazing. No, just the fact that she knew that like, oh, something's off. Like, wait, she's fucking weak right now and mm-hmm. just walks right through her like nothing. Yep. Well, oh God, that it. just antagonizes Rose because mad as fuck, she opens up all of the remaining canisters and just all the steam and she gets all charged up for the final battle and her hand is healed in the process, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, it was cool. <laughs> uh, Dan uh, picks up Abra from outside of a seedy looking motel. And you got, you know, basically the shining score overlaid with the heartbeat again as this happens. Oh, and um, this is where you notice that, oh, she's got her headphones in her cell phone that apparently she took with her when she was kidnapped. 
That was. I don't know how else. Yeah, that was definitely a little bit of a plot hole for sure. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't mind it because, um, you know, in a little bit, we get a fun little thing. Uh, right. So Dan explains to her that they're heading to the Overlook as, uh, you know, Rose is following them and they need all the help that they can get. Uh, mm-hmm. And he apologizes to her about her father. She says she's sorry about Billy. And they share a little bit of a moment of resolve and they are ready to fuck Rose up. They are. Yes. They are yes. ready for their final stand. Let's fucking and, go. Yep. Uh, Aber's mom is calling. And, and I guess this is the whole reason that we have plot hole cell phone because, um, yeah, uh, she answers the phone at first, not wanting to, but she answers yeah, the like, phone. what do I say? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, she answers the phone to a freaked out Lucy standing outside the crime scene of her husband's murder. And she tells her mom that she loves her hangs up and gets Dan yeah, to promise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she gets him to promise that he'll call uh, her mother when it's all over and then just drops the phone. Mm-hmm. Throws it out the window. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't have your mom's number. Like, do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're still alive so you can tell me. Um, but yeah, yeah. They move on and uh, they gas up one last time and uh, probably sidewinder there. Uh, and I don't know, is that the gas station, um, where Halloran stops by to get his, uh, snow cat? I'm curious. I, I, you know, I've always thought that, and that was one thing that I meant to ask Mike Flanagan about, um, because, uh, I was just so fucking nervous that I forgot that was one of my questions I wanted to ask him. Cause I've always thought that, but I, I have no idea and it's not confirmed anywhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, this is one of my favorite bits of the score here because the Newton brothers deliver this super, super sinister take on uh, the main theme. It's uh, the, the track on the soundtrack is titled the overlook, but it is so you, when you play this at home, uh, you have to have like the bass really cranked on your TV and, uh, it's so good. And you get, uh, this recreation of the helicopter shots from the original film, but this time it's in the dark, you know, I have have written here as Ferris Bueller says, it is so choice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes, we are at chapter six, what was forgotten. Um, so they, they get up to the hotel and Dan tells Aber to wait in the car and to watch for Rose asking her to send him a psychic blast when uh, she sees any sign. She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing? He's like, well, I gotta go wake up the hotel, but I don't want you in there any more than you absolutely have to be, but we'll go in together when Rose gets here. Mm Yeah. Yeah. He, he walks okay. in and he's like, wakey, wakey. And I love that wherever he goes, the lights mm-hmm. come on because he is that million watt battery that Dick described yep. powering this hotel. And, um, yeah, this is where we get some, uh, fun book stuff, uh, from yeah. the shining because one of his first visits is the boiler. Yes. which he needs to get started back up again. Because if you remember from the shining, got to keep uh, that boiler, boiler running. Yeah. And well, you got to keep an eye on it too, because she yep. creeps. She, that's right. Meaning that's right. that the, the pressure builds to a dangerous mm-hmm. state and you do have to let off the pressure from time to time. That's right. Um, 
so, which was so funny in The Shining because like fucking Jack didn't do that shit. It was always it was always yeah. His there's life. one scene of Wendy uh, in the movie uh, doing it, but you're absolutely right. In the book, he's he's busy tearing through old newspaper articles right. and shit in the book, and he's he's chomping on Excedrin, which I always found really disgusting. Uh, oh my but God. I, I specifically remember that from the book, and she's always the one with the clipboard keeping yep. tabs on the boiler. Yeah. Um, so, so funny. <laughs> nice so shout funny. out to the original novel. Oh uh, my God. And then Dan just wanders through the hotel, getting it to come back to life. And we see all the, you know, interesting sights. And, uh, he comes across his uh, old apartment and he, we also see the, the Oculus mirror. As well. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 See the uh, Oculus very, mirror hanging out right on the wall. Yep, very necessary in a Flanagan film. Um, 100%. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I God, I love in his uh, new TikToks that it's right behind him on the wall. Yeah, it's just right there, and I'm just like, Jesus of fucking Christ! It it's, thanks, it's like thanks for that, it's Mike. magnificent. It's magnificent. <laughs> like he's so fu- he's so fucking cool to me. Like 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 it's God damn it, dude. Fuck. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> So ah. he finds his old apartment and uh, he looks through the hole in the bathroom door that his uh, father chopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get that little yes, flash of when, of yeah, you get that flash of Wendy uh, freaking out as the door is being broken down. Fuck, um, man. Alex is so, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. Just again, perfect recreation of perfect. Shelley Duvall. Um, perfect. You, you couldn't get any better. Um, so. It, and again, some of the things that he's seeing as he's going through the hotel, I don't think are actually there. I think it's the hotel projecting because I seriously right. don't think that this place was shuttered exactly as it was found come spring when yeah, they no investigated way. things after all this, because yeah. I really doubt in the Colorado lounge, there still was the table with the typewriter and the overturned right. chair. Right. Yeah, no, definitely, no. definitely showcasing his memory for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he wanders on through and, uh, this is where we come up to the gold room and, uh, he sees an empty, uh, old fashioned sitting there, uh, on the bar and he grabs a seat and yeah, (laughs) yep. He grabs a seat and he finds his father going by Lloyd now tending the bar and he offers him a pour on the house. Um, and we, Oh, God, this conversation. Uh, Jack Daniels was his father's brand of choice. Uh, he used to see the bottles all around the house. He smelled one once and it smelled like fire, which he supposed it was. Um, yeah. Fucking hell. And I love how uh, Jack, now as Lloyd, uh, just continually denies that he is his father, that he yep. has any relation like with him. Must because be mistaken, he, sir. <laughs> yes, he he is very much just a part of the hotel now. Uh, yes, Jack Jack Torrance is gone. He's gone. Um, but um, yeah. Um, he he tries to tell his father about his life after everything. Um, mm-hmm. but you know he's just. Lloyd's not playing along. Uh, he admits to using the shining to mess with his mother's mind. And this is where we go back to the scene where she's thinking about Jack and mm-hmm. having a hard time looking at Danny. And right. he, he uses Change his shine to stop her from, right. from reliving all this stuff. Yeah. 
and he wow, went like so far to even change his eye color um as well which is not in the theatrical cut like that's in the just the director's cut but mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's uh, yeah it's it's also kind of terrifying that he would do that to his mother and yeah i, I understand because he felt like he was doing her a solid, but also, you know, you're messing with your mom's mind, dude. Right. Um, yeah. You're, you're, and, you're taking away that piece of humanity that she deserves to have. Yeah. So. And then he talks about how, um, you know, she died when he was 20. I'm assuming lung cancer because she was a chain smoker. Right. She was a chain um, smoker. Yeah. That, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. But, but this is where we uh, really hear about the death flies that he yes. sees around people that are dying and how her face was covered with flies at the end where he could barely see her eyes. Um, you know, he couldn't look at her in her dying days the way she couldn't look at him. And now I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, so again, Lloyd's pushing the booze on him and we finally get to the, so tell me pup, are you going to take your medicine? Yes. And Dan's like, no smack just knocks that whiskey away and he's like oh i'm terribly sorry mr torrance let's go get you cleaned up (laughs) fuck me um love this yeah the the men's room of the gold room um definitely an inspiration for the bathrooms at twin peaks high just saying oh that's so fair Big time. Uh, yes, 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 yes. 100%. But um, yeah, uh, he's tidying up Danny and um, he says the stupid AA line of you accept the things you cannot change. So yeah, you, you went there, Lloyd. Okay. Oh, yeah. And But they're all saved by the bell because Abra's like, hey, she's here. And right. uh, Dan comes running out. And they hold hands as they go back inside. And she's like, this place is sick. It's, yeah. it's, it's cancer, like it's, only it's worse. Cancerous. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan finds an axe on the wall. And uh, they kind of fade as away from that. Fashion. Yep. 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 It's uh, yeah, like my father before me. Um, yeah. And Rose enters the overlook. And she's got this look on her face like this is a place of wonder. This like this is just yeah, yeah. She's like this is magic. Like you know, and she's just roaming the halls. Just like if if she wasn't there for for a mission, she would have fucking loved to just have spent time in there and just relived all the pain that all these people experienced in Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, she would have absolutely fed off of it if she could. Um, Yeah. And this is where she walks by the elevators and finds a perfect recreation of the blood scene complete with aged walls. And I'm in heaven. Yes. Uh, I I love how this plays out. Um, It's just a perfect recreation. Uh, And they get to the Colorado lounge. And again, like I mentioned, you've got the big table with the typewriter and the overturned chairs and everything. And well, 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 hi there. Oh, so damn good. Yeah, and we get uh, Abra throwing a line back at her, like, "Yeah, we'll see who does the screaming." And uh, you know, they're they're chatting back and forth, uh, yeah, super antagonistic. Yep, yep. And uh, she says, finally, she's like, she has this "Who the fuck are you?" moment with Dan, and she's like, "I'm sorry, who are you, handsome?" Right. And 
and this is where she starts, you know, kind of creeping forward just a little bit more. And Dan's like now, and they tag team her. And all of a sudden she finds herself in the hedge maze and she's chasing Abra. And when she finally confronts her, um, the slashes with Rose's knife are just exquisite. Oh Uh, my God. Abra gets three good hits in there. And then Rose finally catches her by the throat and doesn't quite see the box Snoopy King up behind her. Now, during all of this, Rose thinks that she's inside Abra's mind. Abra's mind. That's right. Uh-uh. Nope. nope. She's in Dan's. And the box almost gets her, but Rose just bursts out, destroying yeah. the box. Enough! Back to reality. Yeah. And uh, throws Abra and Dan back on the stairs. Yeah. Um, and Dan's like, Hey, get out of here. So Abra tears off and Rose starts to advance on him in a very familiar fashion. Right. Uh, this is like a shot for shot recreation of Jack advancing on Wendy. (laughs) Trying to swing, (sighs) not swinging at anything. Just trying to ward off as possible. Fucking great. Yep. And I'm great. just drinking. That damn act should have been up. upside down for all we cared. Like it, just, this <laughs> it was could great. have been a bat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, and she's like, "How the hell did we miss you?" And oh, it's so good. And what is it? She says, "Sweetie, I'm not the last." Uh, oh, after he's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah." He's fucking with her. Like, um, like hey, we you're the last of your, your kind. Yeah, They're the all dead yep. now. Yep, and she's sweetie. I'm not the last. Far from it. I'm, I'm just the I'm prettiest. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What a lie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and oh and boy, Dan's got his. Yeah. What did she say? So we're you gonna do this or what? And Dan's got his father's swing with the camera motion and everything. It's perfect. And oh, she God. manages to stop it just enough that it only goes into her shoulder, but she's able to get it out of his hands pop him a couple of times, jab it into his leg and send him flying down the stairs. The sound he makes when he hits the, uh, um, oh, the balusters at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, was like a ding throughout the whole hotel. Like, wow. Yep. Yeah. That was a, that was definitely a brutal fall. Yep. And, uh, let's see here. So yes, they have tussled and she's like, Oh, well, looks like I nicked your femoral artery there. You're probably going to start bleeding out. But in the meantime, she starts to harvest steam from him. Yes. And as oh she's my God, uh, just jabbing her thumb into the wound in his leg. Uh, and, it tastes you know, like because, whiskey. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that line. And, um, oh, my God. Yep, yep. As she continues to jab her thumb into that wound. And um, this is where her drawing his steam, she's starting to see into his mind a little bit. And she's like, right. oh, what's in those boxes? Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and, he, and, he, and he's like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're starving. And he lets them all out. All these old ghosts. Fucking hell. Warm her and tear her to pieces. One of them's got his hand inside her face. God, Jesus Uh, Christ! And she cycles, and they drink her up. And then they notice Dan. Hello, Danny. Come play with us forever 
ever and ever. And ever. Oh my god. Ever. And yeah. Oh, and they're oh all god. over him. And we're back to Abra and she's like trying to get through the hotel and of course it's like a maze, right? And right. she comes across the Grady twins and then she backs up a little bit from them and around the corner comes a possessed Dan and she runs. Yes. He's given pursuit. There's a lot of people. This is this is where the movie came for a lot of people. Where there's like they fell out of it, and I fucking love this stuff. I I don't like like it makes so much sense. This is the most beautiful callback portion to The Shining. Yeah, and a lot of people felt like, oh, this was all fan service. Where it's like, well, yeah, no fucking shit. But at the same time, it's good fan service. It's great fan service. (laughs) And at the same time, like the whole movie for two and a half hours wasn't the shining like it, it barely like scratched it and and you're you're upset for this last 20 minute sequence 20 30 minute sequence to be about the shining come on like come on just that, enjoy that, the movie yeah like that to me that's such a cop-out answer as to why people don't like this movie like the it's just i i i put a tweet up a few probably about a year ago where i said that like no matter what people say about Dr. Sleep, they can never convince me that it's a bad movie. And uh, there were all these comments of people trying to convince me that it's a bad movie. And they're like, even if it has all these plot holes and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, I, that's the thing. Like, that isn't a plot hole. Like, that, like, you know, I, that, it would it would be all these, these just very minutiae comments. Like, there was actually this uh, podcast that I was listening to about their Dr. Sleep episode. And I had to turn it off midway because I was just getting too too frustrated. Um, but it uh I'm not gonna name their names because I don't want to like, you know, it, but they they had when they were talking about it, they had this whole thing of uh of why they didn't like it. And and I was just like, fuck dude, like I don't see I don't see it. I don't fucking see it. I don't understand why like i don't get it i don't i don't see why how how you cannot like this movie i think it's Um, people that don't know how to have fun maybe i maybe maybe like it's just that's the only thing i can think of because this movie is just beat for beat so much fucking fun it is it is such a fast-paced movie for being three hours yes absolutely (laughs) it is such a fast-paced fucking movie there is not a slow moment in this movie to me God damn! Even the monologues. The monologues are extremely palatable. Yeah, they're and pretty like they, quick they are, in this compared to other Flanagan properties too. In, 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 yeah, uh, Blind Manor. Like Midnight Mass and Blind Manor. Like, like if you really want monologue, monolithic monologues, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's where you'll go for sure. Because yeah. uh, the Doctor Sleep monologues, I feel like, are very short. They're, they're quick. Maybe, maybe three minutes to four minutes max. Like, yeah. come on. If that, like, you know, like you're not sitting through an eight minute long monologue like fucking Pearl or something, which Pearl <laughs> had a fantastic monologue. I love oh, that it's monologue. Great. But, yeah. but still, like you're not sitting through that, but it's just, I don't know, fucking, I, I just don't get it. Fucking people. That's all I gotta say. You need to get more joy out of life, people. Um, yes. So, yeah, uh, Abra at this point has taken refuge in room 237. And the bathtub lady says hello. Yes, as one does, because that's the best place in the hotel. Yes. Bathtub lady says hello, but Dan gets to her first. And 
he's, you know, standing there menacing over her with the ax and she's like, Hey, um, you know, trying to bring him back as much as possible, as much as she can. But, uh, she's like, Hey, Dan Torrance made one stop when he got here to the boiler right. room. And I'm thinking to myself and she creeps and mm-hmm. either he stops himself as he's swinging the ax at her or she stops him. Uh, yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to tell. Yeah, but he comes back for one last conversation uh, between the two of them. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, you got to get out of here. And she's like, no, you're coming too, right? And he's all, hey, somebody has to close the door behind them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now run. Because you know he can tell he can't hold it back any longer. And as soon, as soon as she gets out of the room, you see him change again. You can always tell he's changed because one of his eyes is all milky white. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So let's see here. Oh, yeah. Uh, She runs. He goes down to the boiler room to either uh, stop things or finish them. Uh, She makes it outside and she's like, come on, come on. You got to get out of here. But instead, he just kneels in front of the boiler. Mm hmm. And it starts rupturing and there's oil spreading everywhere and uh, flames follow, basically trapping him in the room. And um, Wendy appears, uh, comforting him one last time. And as the camera moves off of him and moves back, he's become young five-year-old Danny again. Oh, man. And uh, Avra's just pleading for him to get out. And this whole building's going up in flames and you've got, uh, you know, fire trucks in the distance coming up the mountain. And, um, you know, she starts sort of narrating things at this point, it seems like, but then it becomes her talking to Dan in her bedroom, you know, how the whole thing went up and it's like the fire was purifying the space. And yeah. It's pretty clear he didn't oh, make it very quickly. Justice. Oh my god! Like just hearing you like say that ending, uh, it wraps up with a fucking bow. It wraps yeah. it up with a bow because god. that's how it ended in The Shining. And again, right. this this film is the perfect amalgamation of The Shining book, Shining movie, Doctor Sleep book, and tying it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't ask a better weaving of all the properties because so many people have this love of the film the shining which i'm Mm -hmm. one of them i enjoy the hell out of it i watch it pretty regularly actually um but also i love the book and how much more detail there is and how they go very different directions in some things so it's nice to see you know sort of the best of both worlds cherry picked and brought together um so yeah she's having her final conversation with him there and um you know, his, uh, spirit, um, you know, he comforts her and he's like, Hey, I told you when we first met to keep your head down and not to shine, but shine on Aberstone, shine, shine on. And if that part didn't get you, her mother coming into the room and saying, Hey, who are you talking to? And she's like, nobody. And okay, well, come on down for dinner. And as they go out to the hallway, she's like, that's not true. I was talking to Dan and you know, she, her mom is clearly broken with the death of her, you know, her Her husband. husband. 
and uh she's like probably wondering if she sees him too yeah and her comment to her mom about how we go on after that part is what leaves me in tears yeah and absolutely and you know they you know share kind of a knowing look and she's like well you coming on down and Amber's like in a minute and as she turns around you see the old ladies in the bathtub and she walks in there and shuts that door and we get midnight with the stars and you and credits (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes god damn what a movie what a movie fuck and it's not to say that the theatrical version is really any like tier below this or anything by any means it's very very good it's just there's something just a little extra special about this director's cut 100 again if if you like any flanagan miniseries Mm -hmm. then that's very much a good reason to see the director's cut because it feels like a miniseries it's so much highly agree yeah you know and if if this is a project that you haven't seen yet uh why have you listened to all of this right one like you should have listened to all of this but two like you um should watch this movie you you definitely should watch this movie and, and you should experience it the way that we experience it um you know with that same compassion of just kind of going in and you know expecting this mike flanagan project to just be just that a mike flanagan project to come out of the other end and be like wow like that was something even more special than i thought it would be so yeah yeah there are some just he's able to draw so amazing performances out of his actors and again having that regular stable i mean so many directors you know, that do this, they are able to get wonderful performances out of people because they have this sort of shorthand with each other. And that's keep it up, keep it up. Yeah. Keep these people yes. coming back. Need to see more Rahul need uh, Rebecca Ferguson to come back by all means, bring her back for something. Yes. Um, Please. whether that's a film Please. or whether that's, uh, one of the TV properties, but, uh, need it. yeah. Um, uh, Fucking hell! This is uh, this is obviously I can't. I, I'm always at a loss for words at the end of this movie. Like, goddamn, it's, yeah. it's it's such a great movie. Well, and oh, I really appreciate being able to talk about this one with you because all evening yes, getting ready likewise. for this, I've just been vibrating, just ready to talk about Doctor Sleep because it's. Uh, uh, we, we essentially we've been talking about this movie uh, together for three years, and this is true. this is the moment to do this big deep dive. And yes, it's uh, very true, dude. This was cool. Uh, this was so much fun. I appreciate you for inviting me on. Absolutely. I and there is no way anybody else would ever be on a Doctor Sleep episode, dude. You know that. <laughs> um but yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Prince, do you have any final thoughts on Doctor Sleep, the director's oh, man. Ah, uh, man, besides the fact that I've obviously loved this movie and it is one hundred percent always in my Flanagan rotation for sure, but you know the the max that i could say is that this movie is beyond special this movie is something that truly means a lot to me and something that i will forever find as an inspirational piece of like the pinnacle 
for me for uh, a Flanagan project in general. Like it's it's very big shoes to me for this uh, thing. Midnight Mass was fucking close. Hill House was even closer. But like it's just this movie for sure. It's just for me. Just like how Hill House is for everyone. Because I feel like everyone loves fucking Hill House. How Hill House is for everyone. And obviously Hill House is amazing. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, this is this is the Flanagan project that made me say, Oh shit. Oh shit. No, he he needs to be in the same conversation as Jordan Peele, as Ari Aster, as Robert Eggers. Flanagan's name needs to be right next to them because his name the the amount of properties that he's created with his name is mm-hmm fucking phenomenal absolutely insane and um you know i've been a flanagan fan since the beginning since he first started in 2011 when i first saw his uh his first film his breakout film uh being absentia and me starting there like i felt like i started in a very unique place but um, me starting there was very special to just see that growth and consistently seeing that growth um and then being able to speak with him was honestly a dream fucking come true. You're but lucky, like, man. It's a good, it's a really good interview. <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, thank you. You, you thank two are you. clearly <laughs> having a good time together too. So that's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a great interview. Um, thank you. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Sleep, you know, like you said, for all these people that are so high on uh, Haunting of Hill House, but either yeah. haven't seen Dr. Sleep or feel negatively about it, um, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> At least give it a fair uh, shot. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. go on with all the mind. Or if for some reason you felt like the theatrical version just wasn't for you, I hate to recommend oh, yeah. a version that's half an hour longer. But if you're so in love with his miniseries. Yeah. Give the director's cut a try just from that standpoint and think about it like that. Yep. Just the chapter structure, you know, works perfectly from that regard. So by all means, um, yeah, I, I really don't have anything right off the top of my head else to say about Dr. Sleep other than, oh my God, <laughs> one of my favorite Stephen <laughs> right. King adaptations for sure. But oh, uh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it, it if, like this is definitely up there for me. Misery's like definitely a close fucking second, um, but yeah, it's very good, definitely. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Prince, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, like we talked about earlier, long time coming. Glad we could finally make it happen. Love to have you back again. Um, yes, and this was so much like, fun. Well, thank you, uh, Prince. Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me over on Twitter and TikTok on at the head night. That's night with a K. Um, you can also uh, hear my voice on Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. Also, night with a K. Um, hang out with us in the ghoulish nights. Um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 the main spots I'm at. Very good. Very good. Well, this has been Murders with Mertens, a horror film podcast. Thank you so much for letting us tickle your ear holes. Please like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. I'll be back soon enough with another episode, but until next time, stay spoopy, everyone. <laughs>